0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: We try to cut through the fog of the uncertain news surrounding Bills quarterback Josh Allen. The Nets have found their guy and it's not Ime Udoka. And Jalen Hurts is your MVP through nine weeks. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Cloudiness. And not just because it's fall in upstate New York. That's what we have surrounding Josh Allen's injury right now. An injury to his right elbow. That has been reported at varying degrees of uh, certainty and uncertainty about his ability to play this week and beyond. So to try and break the fog, Joe Marino from Locked On Bills is here and, and Joe, it seems like, unfortunately, we just don't have a lot of information on the future of Josh Allen's elbow right now, but we know that he didn't practice on Wednesday. Where do we stand in terms of the actual official information right now on this injury?
2: Well, I think it's important to do what you said there and acknowledge what we do know at this point, and that is that he didn't practice on Wednesday. And Coach McDermott acknowledged that he has an elbow injury. And whether or not he'll play on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, the answer is we'll see, (laughs) which is very consistent with the type of responses that coach McDermott would typically give in a Wednesday press conference. So while there was a lot of intrigue and uh, curiosity over what he would say on Wednesday, I think those who have listened to the words of coach McDermott for long enough knew there wasn't going to be a very direct answer. And that's exactly
1: what happened on Wednesday. A resounding maybe. Uh it, it was what we got. And not even that. It was a we'll see, which is less than a maybe, even. Yeah. Because he maybe not, right? So uh this was an injury suffered um l- last week um in the second half. Uh, an injury that after which he still threw a 70-yard pass to Gabriel Davis at the end of the game. Um, and and based on some reporting, it has to do with the the uh the UCL ligament in his elbow. So at at what point, because we have such little information, at what point should Bills fans be concerned about all of this? Well, I, I think that's
2: hard to identify because I don't know that we're going to get messaging that is going to provoke that. I think I think Bills fans are concerned. I mean, that's their franchise quarterback. It's a, sure. a throwing arm, elbow, uh, a guy that relies on being able to throw the ball with velocity and having access to the deeper portions of the field. Yeah, it's it's certainly a big deal. And I think there was some level of comfort that was gained from him uncorking a 70-yard throw, which I think is like they have the GPS tracking on the balls. I think it was like the longest throw in, in a great number of years in, in the NFL, uh, doing that literally the play after this this injury was sustained or two plays after the injury was sustained. So uh, I think everybody should be concerned. Um, but the the reality is, we just don't know the severity, and the word Tommy John certainly is one that's been tossed around. And that's a different that's a different injury for baseball pitchers than it is quarterbacks. Um, it's it's a less dynamic throwing motion that puts less stress on the elbow. So you know it's not a situation where even if he did have to have Tommy John surgery, it's it's not this year and next year like it would be for a baseball pitcher. Um, but it is very much a, a wait-and-see approach. But yeah, you're talking about a, an injury to the throwing arm of a quarterback. That that matters, and that's something uh, to be mindful of as the, the Bills kind of gear up for the stretch run.
1: Yeah, not that we we know that these are similar or the same injuries, but Matthew Stafford has also been playing through what, what Sean McVay described as a baseball-type injury to his throwing arm. And so he's played. This season, albeit in what looks to be a somewhat diminished fashion, although, you know, an elbow injury does not cause you to, you know, miss overhang defenders and throw interceptions. That's sure. a different part of your potty. But so how is it? How important is it, do you think, to have, you know, more than 80 percent of Josh Allen? Let's say he can play through this to have something closer to 90, 95 percent.
2: Well, I think everyone understands the mission for the Buffalo Bills this year. It's to go win the Super Bowl. And that's right. the expectation for the team. And um, in order to do that, you you need 17. You're going to need Josh Allen for that to be part of the equation. Now, um, the reason you invested in Case Keenum to be your backup is for a moment like this, where you can kind of weather the storm and keep the season afloat. Uh, But the reality is a near healthy Josh Allen, I think, is required for the Bills to achieve their goals this year. And
1: so I don't think you can you can understate the importance of that. Not just because of the throwing, but because it may make him less hesitant or more hesitant to run, which is a, a huge part of his game as well. They they in the playoffs at times made him a running quarterback with some of the stuff that they would do if he's hurt. Maybe they're less likely to do that. Joe, I appreciate you playing along because we know so little about this injury, but it was something we had to talk about. I appreciate you coming on and offering your insight. Stay up to date all year on the Buffalo Bills by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Bills podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, are the Brooklyn Nets finally ready to move on to just play basketball? Can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. Great. Because you got to try this. I'm talking Bilt Bar's new reimagined flavors. Cookie Dough Topper. Coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Bill's take on a granola bar that is more than filling and still insanely tasty. Plus, wait for this one, candy cane brownie puff. Bill puffs are like biting into the universe, most delicious cloud, except that cloud has collagen protein in it. It is a miracle. Of modern science it really is with 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories it is unlike anything you have tried before you have to try it for yourself get 15 percent off your order right now by using the code locked on 15 at built.com
0: now here's what you need to be locked on today
1: The LA Rams have yet another obstacle to overcome in the 2022 season. Matthew Stafford has entered the concussion protocol, head coach Sean McVay said Wednesday.
3: Then we'll keep Matthew Stafford out. We'll put him in the
1: concussion protocol. Um, What ended up happening was, you know, Reggie and his group doing their kind of cleanup after the game. You know, you you ask the questions and you do the right follow-ups and uh, determined that they felt like that was the best thing for him. And um, that's kind of where we're at with it. Usually, it's the Super Bowl loser that has the hangover, but right now it looks like the Rams are Super Bowl winners with the hangover. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Champagne will get you every time. Earlier Wednesday, the Office of D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine announced he will hold a 1 p.m. news conference on Thursday to make a major announcement related to the Washington Commanders. The agent, for Commander's running back Brian Robinson took issue with the team invoking his client's shooting in their preemptive response to the AG's announcement. It is presently unknown what the AG will be announcing, but the Commander's issued a statement that feels defensive and not just defensive, defensive to a gross degree. Less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player on our team was shot multiple times in broad daylight, despite the out-of-control violent crime in DC The Washington Commanders learned for the first time on Twitter that the D.C. Attorney General will be holding a press conference to make a major announcement related to the organization tomorrow. That from a statement from the team. It is a foul attempt at whataboutism that is meant to deflect from the team's own wrongdoing. I feel gross even reading the statement like that. It is just more evidence that this team needs to be gutted and torn down to the studs if it has any hope of being saved moving forward with new ownership. The further we get from Russell Wilson's departure from Seattle, the more we learn about the Superstars' time as the Seahawks' quarterback. Seattle coach Pete Carroll once again took a not so veiled swipe at his former field general, citing Wilson's aversion to using a wristband with the plays on it. Carroll said he had been resistant to that, so we didn't do that. While he didn't specifically use Wilson's name, Wilson missed all of three games in his 10 years with the Seahawks. We know who he's talking about. Carroll also praised Geno Smith for wearing a wristband and the positive effect it has had on getting the play in. This becomes particularly peculiar when you consider Wilson wore a wristband this past week. So what's going on? Wilson responded by citing the amount of wins Seattle had without him wearing a wristband, saying, I didn't know winning or losing mattered if you wore a wristband or not. They're obviously not losing sleep over Russ not being in Seattle. The Utah Jazz just can't stop winning. They got their 10th win on Wednesday, this time on the road against the Atlanta Hawks.
3: The Utah Jazz notched another impressive win, this time over the Atlanta Hawks, 125-119. After a brilliant first half by the Jazz where they led by nine at the half, the Hawks hit the Jazz like no team has this year. They outscored the Jazz 32-13. The Jazz did not have a defensive rebound for the first nine minutes of the third quarter. But then the Jazz went to their bench, Malik Beasley, Talon Horton Tucker, and Walker Kessler to change the game, and indeed they did. The Jazz then outscored the Hawks, scoring 40 points in the fourth quarter and running away with the game. Lowry Markinen led all Jazz scores with 32. Jordan Clarkson added 23. But it's the resiliency, the fight, and the absolute unadulterated desire to win and play together that has carried this Jazz team to a 10-3 start that was on full display to close the game tonight.
1: And the Orlando Magic completely shut down Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks.
4: The Orlando Magic beat the Storm and beat the Dallas Mavericks 134-127 in a game that really showed this team's resilience. My name is Phil Rossman. I am the host of Locked On Magic and this was about as good as you could expect from the Orlando Magic playing a slow-paced team, playing a superstar, uh, and a slow-paced team in the Dallas Mavericks a superstar like Luka Doncic. The Magic met the challenge in every way, especially coming off that disappointing performance on Monday against the Houston Rockets. Jamal Mosley has said throughout the course of the season, this team is a resilient bunch. They're gonna bounce back from mistakes. They're gonna get better as the year goes on and they're gonna take these hits and take these lumps that young teams do and improve. This was a direct result of that. They held Luka Doncic under 30 points, ending his streak of 30-point games to start the season. They defended the three-point line very well, scrambling well, getting to the glass and making great plays and Franz Wagner is in. He is fantastic and had a great game managing this team. We all got to get out of here before uh, Hurricane Nicole comes in. But the Orlando Magic win 134-127. to 127.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: The Brooklyn Nets shocked the NBA world by firing Steve Nash. And within a few hours, they were reportedly hiring Imei Yudoka. Until they weren't. Or at least until they didn't. And this week we find out. It is not going to be Emei okay. It is going to be interim coach Jacques Vaughn. The Nets get a 112-85 win against their crosstown uh, rivals is overstating what they are in this matchup, the New York Knicks. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, my interstate rival, Adam Armbracht. And, and Adam, uh, what do you make of what seems to be a change of heart from the Brooklyn Nets?
5: Yeah, change of heart, um, change of perception. You know, change of understanding how much blowback you were going to get hiring Ime Adoka, who had been with the Brooklyn Nets. So maybe they felt like that was going to be met with a resounding support from the fan base and from the NBA landscape in general. However, with the controversy around Ime Adoka and seemingly what looks like a story that has not fully been divulged in terms of the details, they got pretty significant blowback when it was initially, I'll say, leaked or suggested Uh, by Adrian Wojnarowski on Twitter, and slowly from there, the backtracking process began. The Brooklyn Nets started to speak to doing their due diligence, and Sean Marks, they kind of feathered both sides of the line on this, saying, we felt comfortable with the situation with Ime, but ultimately, we realized the guy that has literally been in the building the entire time, was actually a better fit for us. I can't speak to whether or not the wins that they have put together here, they were two and one prior to the official hiring of Jacques Vaughn as the head coach, if that played into it at all. But it has been reported that the Nets, the players, everyone seems to be a little bit happier, a little bit lighter around the facility. And you have to attribute that, at least in some fashion, to what Jacques Vaughn has done.
1: Yeah, there was reporting earlier this week that there was pressure on the Nets Uh, to not hire Ime Udoka, that the optics of it was going to be a problem for them. And you and I spoke when this news all broke that you understood the firing of Steve Nash and the hiring of Ime Udoka did not sit well with you. Ultimately, did they make the right decision for what might be the wrong reasons?
5: Yes. Yeah. I I think regardless of what informed their choice, I think that the smart move, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that it was Jacques Vaughn, although I am always a fan of coaches that seem to be well-regarded and well-respected, getting opportunities to re-cement themselves as a head coaching candidate. I don't care what the reason was. You're better off not adding another mess to this situation right now. And whether or not you think you can salvage this season if Kyrie Irving returns to the team, And if Kevin Durant wants to be a part of it, and if some of those key supporting players continue to get healthy, it kind of doesn't matter. But right this season and beyond, they gave Jacques Vaughn not only this year, but also an extension through 23-24. So if it was a wake-up call, good for them. Because not only do they say, we're going to ride this out with him now, they're also saying, even if it goes south, we're going to put him in a position potentially to help be a part of this rebuilding process and that raises more questions than answers as far as who you want to be conducting that rebuild at the GM position. But here we are, and it looks like the Nets are doing everything they can to stabilize their franchise, not induce more chaos. Stay up to date
1: all here on the Brooklyn Nets by subscribing to Lockdown Sports today on the Lockdown Nets podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, Jalen Hurts is your NFL MVP through nine weeks. The Philadelphia Eagles are undefeated. A huge reason for that is their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Louis DiBiase, host of Locked on Eagles, sees it as pretty plain that he should be MVP.
0: Jalen Hurts, not only is his stock up, but after watching Josh Allen this week, after watching Patrick Mahomes, look, they are still better players than Jalen Hurts. They are the two best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. But right now, through nine weeks of the 2022 NFL season, I think Jalen Hurts is your MVP. He is an elite quarterback, leading the only undefeated team in football. To me, he's the most valuable player. And unlike Josh Allen, unlike Patrick Mahomes, he hasn't had any hiccups yet. He's on pace to have more yards than all but three MVPs. Matt Ryan in 2016. I should go back to Peyton Manning in 2013. And then also you have Patrick Mahomes in 2018. Outside of those three players, Jalen Hurts, total yards from scrimmage. He's on pace for 5,034 total yards. That's more than other MVPs that have made a similar impact through the air and on the ground. Lamar Jackson in 2019, Cam Newton in 2015. He has made a bigger impact based on numbers. And he's atop top of the league in pretty much every category. Explosive plays. Turnover differential, completion percentage. He's a top two passer, according to Pro Football Focus. He's the best graded quarterback per PFF, throwing past the sticks. He's a top two passer in passes 25 plus yards downfield. He's atop the league in pocket passing. Here's
1: the problem the biggest difference between last year's Philadelphia Eagles and this year's Philadelphia Eagles is not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has made progress, but we saw the Eagles last year. They squeaked into the playoffs and then got stomped by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The biggest difference this year is they traded for A.J. Brown, one of the best receivers in football. And they added Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and James Bradbury. They made this defense significantly better. They added pass rush juice with Hassan Reddick. This team is undefeated, not because Jalen Hurts is carrying them, but because this team is significantly better and they played an easy schedule and they will continue to play an easy schedule. Jalen Hurts is sixth in completion percentage of above expectation. He is fifth in EPA per play and that means he's behind guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, who we see week in and week out have to carry their teams in ways Jalen Hurts just doesn't have to. And if we're talking about guys making a jump to a Tonga of who leads the league in EPA per play, by the way, by a mile, who has a better completion percentage above expectation than Patrick Mahomes, then Josh Allen, then Jalen Hurts, then Joe Burrow, then Lamar Jackson, then the best quarterbacks in the league this season. All the same caveats apply to him, but his numbers are better. So. If we're talking about a guy who's made a jump last year to this year and we don't care that the supporting cast got significantly better around him, then why is Tua not the name? And it's because of the team, the team's success. But it's not Tua's fault that the Dolphins' defense is not as good as Philadelphia's defense or that they played more difficult teams. They beat the Bills head to head. They've had to play some of the best teams in football, whereas the Eagles got to play the Cowboys against Cooper Rush. It's just not the same. The best player on the best team, that was a fine argument before we had more sophisticated ways of evaluating individual performance. Jalen Hurts this year, it's going to be a great story. He has improved. That is awesome. Let's champion his improvement and this team's improvement. They are the favorites in the AFC and it's not close. But Jalen Hurts is not the MVP. And finally, for years, as Dusty Baker chased his first World Series title as a manager, the former big league outfielder would always say if he won one, he'd like to win two. Baker will get a chance to do that after he signed a one-year contract with Houston Astros for the 2023 season. How many times in your life do you say something and then have the opportunity to fulfill it? Baker said Wednesday. I wasn't just talking. I meant what I said. I love keeping my word. So, hey man, we've got a chance to win back-to-back. And this is what I'd like to do. Whatever you think about the Houston Astros and the cheating scandal and all that stuff, if you're a sports fan, if you're a baseball fan, you have to be happy for Dusty Baker. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcasts, and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, will the Falcons take another step toward winning the NFC South? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.